Gilbert Gottfried, you're listening to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. Today, we're talking to one of the greatest illustrators and cartoonists of our time. His work has appeared in the New York Times, Newsweek, Esquire, Rolling Stone, Time, National Lampoon, and the Wall Street Journal, just to name a few. So today, Frank Santo Padre and myself sat down with Drew Friedman at New York City Society of Illustrators. The name of his brand new book is Heroes of the Comics, featuring 85 portraits of the legends of comic books, published by Fantag Graphics Books. So now we talk to Drew Friedman. Hi, I'm Gilbert Gottfried, and I'm here with my co-host, uh, Frank Santo Padre, and this is the Amazing Colossal Podcast. We're here uh, t- today. We're taping at the Society of Illustrators on 63rd between Park and Lex, where they're currently having a whole gallery of the work of Drew Friedman. And if you don't know that name, you'd recognize his drawings from like National Lampoon, where I met him, and uh, The New Yorker, and I think every other magazine. Playboy, yeah, everywhere yeah. else. So Entertainment Weekly. Playboy. Was I in Playboy? I don't remember. You that. weren't in Playboy? No, no, no. See, I told Frank never to talk <laughs> during this show. I begged him. You were never in Playboy? I, no, I was never in See, Playboy. See, you, you're, you're killing the show. I've read, Frank, I've read shut Playboy. Shut up. My dad was you in don't, Playboy. You don't know anything about my guests. <laughs> what do you call so, Please, please shut up, Frank. <laughs> he has to mention Playboy. You've never been in it. No, I never been. Entertainment yes. Weekly. Yes, yes, there you go. There, there we go. go. We you always. We mix them up. You're in highlight. Yeah. <laughs> Highlights, yes. <laughs> I only went to the dentist to read highlights. Yes. <laughs> the only reason. <laughs> now, we did meet, I'm pretty sure, at National Lampoon. We did. We, were, we, we kind of found each other there because we both loved Lon Chaney Jr. Yes. And Lionel Atwell and George Zucco. So we had that in common, and especially Tor Johnson. Oh, yeah. So we clicked. And it's, I, I remember I used to write articles right. at the time and for National Lampoon. This is when National Lampoon was no longer funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is the 80s. It was no longer funny. and So that's when we joined. It, it's kind of like my season of Saturday Night Live. It's when the show stopped being funny. <laughs> that's right. Belushi had left. Chevy Chase had left. You had Joe Piscopo. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so I bring in the Charlie Rocket. Fun. Charlie Rocket, right? What happened to him? Oh, I could tell you. He says fuck, and, he's yeah. a, and the career is over. Get over and out. Over yeah. and out. But we loved him. I remember him fondly. Yeah. Not a not a Jew. No. Char- Charlie's no longer with us. Yeah. I know. I know that. You know. God bless his soul. That's what you're supposed to say, right? Ah, oh, God bless his soul. Fuck him. <laughs> but he's not, he's not a Jew, and he's not hanging on the wall. And do you remember what I, I nicknamed you at Lampoon? Well, I, I know you're lying whenever we ran, run into each other. To this day, Jew dots, Jew dots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, I haven't drawn in, with dots for 20 years. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't re- renew my material. Uh, it's an affectionate... <laughs> If you know anything about me, that's for sure. He hasn't I've been doing the same act since I was twelve. <laughs> it's a tradition with us. Two dots. Yeah, you would come in with your head down, and I'd follow you around, start screaming. That's right. Judas! Everyone yeah. bow down to Judas. That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> you would you would shade with millions of that's tiny right. dots, obsessive dots, I and I'm I tapping can't... on a table like. Ah, that's right. You remember that? <laughs> yes. Gilbert used to come over to my apartment on Sixth Street. You know the uh, uh, the block with all the you know, 400 Indian restaurants. <laughs> oh yes, yes. And I'd be working on a deadline, and Gilbert would knock on the door, yeah. so I'd let him in. <laughs> So what do you want? He said, I want to watch Plan 9 from Outer Space. Is, I, I actually had a, I had a VHS recorder. Gilbert just got one last year. So, so I put that on, or the Black Sleeper, you know, the old shitty. I just uh, got a Betamax. Exactly. Is that, doesn't that work like a, like yeah. a charm? Yeah. I love it. I'm into Beta, too. But and, we would sit there in silence and watch these movies together. And, and Beast of what? Yucca Flats. 
Well, that too. Yeah, and anything what, with tour jumps. What I remember too is when I was a kid, <laughs> <laughs> they would have like uh, reruns of Route 66 every day sure. at a certain time. And I always knew there was this one episode called, I think, Owlet's Wing and Lizard's Tail. That's it. And that had Boris Karloff, Lon Chaney Jr., and Peter Lorre. Right. And I would check the TV uh, section every day. The one day I don't check it, I realized that one aired. That's right. And it, it I think was I missed hard. that too, but we used to see the photographs in Famous Monsters. Oh, and yeah. Lon Chaney had lousy werewolf makeup on. Oh, horrible. Boris Karloff, they just stuck a thing the on his worst, head. The worst, the worst. And Peter Lorre Peter didn't have to wear any makeup anyway. That was what was so ridiculous. Very weak. At the end, they're supposed to come out as their classic characters. So Boris Karloff's in Frankenstein makeup, <laughs> Lon Chaney Jr.'s in Wolfman makeup, right. and Peter Laurie's wearing a top hat. That's right. <laughs> not Mr. Moto? Yeah. No, not no, exactly. He should have. He was that, but that's a, in theory, it sounded great. But when you actually watched it, it was one of those things. This stinks. It was terrible. Oh, it was awful. That's right. Uh, I thought, how how could it be bad with George Maharis three? was better in that. <laughs> it was just a big disappointment, but, you know, it, it didn't live up. Now, can uh, now here's here's always the test. Can you name uh, the person who was caught in the men's room with George Maharis? Oh, that guy. Uh, Tom Leopold would know. Yeah, you know, I, he's a, I know it. You know, I don't know his name. Oh, I'm ashamed. And I'm ashamed. I do know who played in. Uh, the uh, Amazing Colossal Man, that was Glenn Langdon. Oh, oh very good. You Gilbert had asked me about that earlier, and I didn't Google it. It just came to me. Nice anyway, work. the guy in the men's room was Perfecto Tellies. Ah, that's right, that's right. A guy yeah. who could only, can uh, you, when you have a name like that. Can you, you can, get him for this show? <laughs> he's hard to he's get. The, that's a great story. He's the only person I can get <laughs> for this show. <laughs> I think you should track him down and get him because that's an amazing story, which you know we can't tell on this show. But it's it was very you know it was very <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> Perfecto Tellez. Yeah, yeah. I've heard Leopold mention that name. That's yeah, right. I think yeah. he wrote a book. Didn't he like, write a book like Lance Rensel wrote a I book? Believe he I believe <laughs> he wrote his his book too. Lance Rensel was of course Joey Heatherton's husband who like. Like, like, can I? Well, like yeah. Woody Allen was into children. Oh, can I, can I go there. <laughs> I'm going there. Wow. Someone asked me about Woody Allen. Said, Drew, do you believe it? I said, I don't know. I wasn't there. But to me, the worst crime is these shitty movies he's made for the last 20 years. That's that offends me. I think the first horror movie that I remember seeing as a little boy was uh, The Indestructible Man. Right, we've discussed that. Lon Chaney Jr., Joe Flynn from McHale's right. Navy, wow. and Ro I think it was Robert Shane. And Casey Adams. Oh, Casey Adams, who was also known as Max Showalter. You remember him, uh, Frank? I remember, That's right. I remember Robert Shane Comedic. from Superman. Yes, as, as yeah. yeah. Inspector Henderson. But, right, but Casey Adams, and he was also known as Max Showalter, was also in 16 Candles with Molly Ringwald. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And he was in the Twilight Zone episode where, uh, with Billy Mummy, where he sends everybody out into oh, the cornfield. Oh, wow. He's yes, in there. Oh, yes. I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah, who he, he is. Yeah, he had those he went, real he was like, crazy eyes. He was serious, and then he went comedic. I know who he is. And then he went back to comedic. That's when you said that. Yeah. Or back to serious. Yeah. Casey Adams. And, and but we used to watch that. We used to talk about that because Lon Chaney had those baggy eyes at that oh, point. Oh, yeah. They used to show close-ups of his eyes That's right. in the movie. Gilbert and I watched that on Chilla Theater, yeah. you know, when we were kids. <laughs> yeah. Because they show it every other week, practically. And they, they're oh, playing, what? like, dramatic music on his eyes like it's supposed to. And the scary thing is he's got a drunk's eyes. That's right. It's, it's very baggy and red. It was black yeah. and white. Back in those days. You I, could see the red I think in the, the black and Chilla white. Chilla Theater showed about eight, they rotated about six different movies. So that was, you, you know it was going to come up once a month. It was that and the giant behemoth and the black, black sleep and then back to Indestructible Man. And so. the black sleep was a big disappointment because that was Lon Chaney Jr., John Carradine, it was an incredible George cast. Johnson. Yeah. And Basil Rathbone. And, and it's like the parts with the main aunt, Bela Lugosi, That's who's right. not 
talking. His, act, his, right. his official last film. You yeah. Know, Plan 9, he kind of walked around in front of Tor Johnson's house. And then the graveyard. But Black Sleep was his official Is that the one you emailed me the photographs from? The, I'm sure they're, I they're did. They're having lunch in the cafe. Oh, right. yes, the, yes, the yes. Sleep. Life magazine sent photographers there. They That's never right. ran the photographs, but they took hundreds of photographs at a restaurant in Hollywood in 1956 when they wrapped the film, and they were all in costume. So Tor Johnson comes in with, you know, his undershirt on, shaved head. <laughs> and, you know, he was there to eat. They were all, you know, they were hungry. But, you know, these amazing photographs. Well, they Life, are, they Life are, magazine. They are never, wonderful pictures. They never released them. and They never showed them in a the magazine, but years later, they. I mean, that's why the interwebs are nice. I mean, sometimes, sometimes and, they work. And I heard they used to try to eat in a commissary, and everyone's complaining about right, well, how yeah. disturbing. Disturbing. <laughs> they look. Well, yeah, that. though they had those guys and the woman with the hair popping oh, out of her. Oh, yes. the, the bald woman with the hair popping <laughs> out of uh, her her face, and the guy with the half his face, George Chiquita. Oh, oh yes, yeah, it was yeah. <laughs> Like uh, it had this amazing he had, cast. He had a, a sailor's outfit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I don't know like, why that was so the, scary. I forget who the writer was, but they they flash back to Tor Johnson be, before he becomes a mongoloid idiot. And he's like a professor. He's like a. With, he, he's wearing a, a monocle. monocle. That's right. Yes. It's like him, yeah, the poor professor from Russia. And like, look at him now. <laughs> like, like a monocle. Well, he must be smart. Because right. how like, else could you wear a monocle? That's right. He was always an, he was always an intellectual at the beginning, and then he becomes a mongoloid, a, a mongoloid idiot. Like anyone could possibly believe. He's a, a police chief in Plan Nine yes, from Outer yes. Space, of course. Professor Clay. I mean, a, Dr. a police chief who can't walk three that's right, Daniel feet without <laughs> getting wind. Pulls out his pistol, and that's it. But he had his most dialogue in that film. You know, and, a soliloquy and, basically. Oh yeah, and Lon Chaney Jr. plays Mongo. That's right. And it's supposed to be that originally he was also a brilliant professor named <laughs> Dr. Monroe. That's right. But because now he's a monster, they can't call him Dr. Monroe. They have to give him a monster right. name. He was Mongo or Lobo. You know, yes. he was back and forth. Usually he was Lobo, no matter what movie he was in. So like, like if a guy's name was Jack uh, Jones... They couldn't call him Jack Jones if he's a monster. That's right. So it would be like JoJo. Or my, my favorite Tor Johnson moment is when he was on You Bet Your Life with Groucho Marx. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> In 1960, he was plugging a film that never even came out. Bright, uh, uh, Night of the Ghouls, I think it was called. No, you. But they, they had beautiful chemistry yes. together. Your name is Tor Johnson. Tor Johnson, and uh, you're a Night of the Ghouls. Ghoul was, uh, Tor was frustrated, <laughs> and then he got into it. And they, they, I think they could have taken the act on the road. Did right? he know he was uh, that Groucho Marx was a comedian? I had, he had no clue, no clue. He was there for the money, I think, and he didn't get a single question right. Did Fenneman treat him well? Greek, Greek uh, uh, mythology was his category. I don't know how he got. He picked that. He, well, he stood there in silence. You look at him and you say, "Oh, this guy knows ah, Greek expert. mythology." Somehow that was his category. He didn't get one right, and he left with nothing. <laughs> and it was one of the great moments, and you know. So, so Gilbert would come to your apartment, yes. to watch, and you That's would put right. these movies and on. Put them, we on sit VHS. there in silence was, and watch them. It was the first time. I saw that episode of Route 66. That's right. I played it for And it was a bad copy. It was, it was all like Yeah, everything was bad then. That's all you had. Yeah, yeah. But it was... It, it was a bad copy of a bad show. Then I finally got a clean copy, and it was just god Even awful. Even worse. That's right. But, That's you know, right. that was the uh, one of two times Lon Chaney was on Route 66, mm. if you remember. Because he also played George Maharis's father. Do I remember? In an episode. How could I, how could Who I are you talking to? Who are you talking yeah. to? Do I remember? And, and, who was also on that, and they didn't have a scene together mm. like idiots. They didn't put them together. Was Betty Fields who starred with Lon Chaney right. of Mice and Men. Wow, I didn't know that. And they did no scenes together, oh, which wow. was idiotic. Really? What were they thinking? <laughs> Betty Fields? Uh, no, I didn't know that. I forgot that. I wow. did not That's know dirty. that. I did not know yes. that. <laughs> Betty Fields. <laughs> and what would happen when you told Gilbert that, you had, that he had to leave? Because you had, <laughs> you had to, so you about actually it had to was, work. You had a deadline. I was a fan of Gilbert, you know, as a, as a comedian. And it's like, yeah, but I have to, you know. I got, after a couple I, hours, like Gilbert lived about a block from me. I was on... <laughs> I was on 6th Street. And Gilbert, I lived on Avenue A. Gilbert was on Avenue A, so I sent him home. 
And, uh, you know, and we put on the parka. And he'd come back next week. And, <laughs> you know, it was beautiful. I sent him home to his mom, and he'd, you know, he'd come I, back next week. I was basically <laughs> like Kramer. Uh, that's right. You show up. You were my Norton. Yes. Get out. Get out. And he'd come back. And always forgiven. But we had, we had those, were, those were happy times. We had lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> now, and I remember they also used to show Boris Karloff in the Haunted Strangler. Oh, sure. Yeah, it yeah. was like like a bad. I like the and late Hyde. late fifties Boris. Karloff. Oh yes, that hell, Real that, bad. the Monster. No, that was that wasn't. Oh, Boris. I'm the thinking, Monster. I like. We love the Monster. Yeah, you remember that, yeah. Frank? I, when that year, we that love that. That's, uh, yeah, yeah it was a two head. It was uh, a joint production of America and Japan. Right. <laughs> two headed guy. He's got another little Monster growing inside his body. And when they finally split apart, they do it. There's a tree between. Yes. Them. And then they, all of a sudden they come apart. I thought it was amazing when I was a kid. And later on. I figured out they were just saving money on special. Yes. So there's a tree between them, and he splits off. And I'm going, wait, wait a second. If two bodies split apart from one body, how come his clothes are covering that's him right, that's on right. both bodies? And the, and, and the master is little. The other little guy is a Japanese guy in makeup. Too. I think it's. I think that's Glenn Langdon too. It was like a, a blonde-haired guy who played the who played the poor and, master. But there was one great scene. Where he gets affected by radiation or whatever the hell. And he's looking in the bathroom mirror, pulls down his shirt, mm. and on the back of his shoulder is an right. eye. A little eyeball. Oh. Yeah. It's disturbing. Have you shown that to your son yet? <laughs> no. Uh, you're you're saving that? Save that for yeah. It's like a, was a, a cousin of the, the incredible two-headed transplant. Basically. It was like oh, an early, it was oh, an early, early version of that. Yeah, Ray Milan. Before they, yeah, before yeah. they Rosie uh, found Rosie Gill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like that. It was the beginning of that genre of film, two-headed. And, and all I could think about watching that one was... How bad Rosie Greer must have smelled like in the... <laughs> well, you know, it's possible Ray Milan didn't smell so great either. That's right, too. Just because he was a football player. He was player. A, and big and fat. That's Rosie true, Greer went from uh, uh, protecting Robert Kennedy from getting killed. <laughs> he did a great job to co-starring in... And the two had a transplant. Yeah. And, and, he, and he was knitting so, at the same so, time, too. So he would, he would have to go to job interviews... <laughs> And go, what was your last job? Oh, well, I, I was protecting the life of... Uh, of Senator of, uh, Kennedy. Of Senator Kennedy. Oh, oh, oh and, you're hired. And, and, yeah. Oh, nice, great. nice job. That, that went well. <laughs> got him hired on the incredible two-headed... <laughs> before, before we go completely well, off well. track here. We're, we're, didn't Lurch oh, protect... but wait, wait. Sorry, before before I one, seg one segue. We didn't Lurch... Uh, uh, wasn't he Lurch protecting JFK in Dallas today? Ted Cassidy. <laughs> Ted Cassidy. I know he was no, on the grassy knoll. I think that Woody was Harrelson's he was father. A, he was, was a there. yeah. He was that, a, he was newspaper. He that was, was a, cousin it. That's right. Was protecting John Kennedy, <laughs> and and I remember in the two headed transplant. He, uh, Ray Meland is there with his head yeah. over that was Rosie Greer. That was a good scene. That yeah. was the special. And they, they run. They do a lot of running. Oh yes, with and when they're running, it's Rosie Greer running and this little balloon That's with right. a smiley face on it bouncing That's around. Right. Ray Meland was an Oscar winner, you know, yes. for Lost yes. Weekend. And here he is with Rosie Greer. Frightening. And there's one part where he takes over control of the mind while Rosie Greer is asleep. And he he makes Rosie Greer punch himself in the face and knock himself out. <laughs> Beautiful. It was sort of a brotherhood story, wasn't it? Supposed was, to be like, yes, like yes, the defiant was, ones as yeah. enemies twins. That's and right. then yeah, there right. was the other one with Bruce Stern. Bruce Stern. Right, the, yes. yes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but he was the man. That huh? was one of those films that famous monsters would would showcase it, and it looked like it was going to be great. Like sort of like Dracula vs. Frankenstein with Vizandor Vorkov. Oh my God! And then you'd yes. see it, and it was the worst piece of shit. And I was like, what? The, what are they thinking? What are they, how? You know, who's paying oh. these guys off? Oh, Frankenstein versus Dracula. And that's Lon Chaney's last film, and and, and, and Jay Carroll Nash. And Jay Carroll Nash's. Film. And I heard and that. And Russ Tamblin was in. Oh there. yes, yes, from West Side and, Story. And, and strippers were in there. And uh, Anthony Ashley, I think, is in there. And and I I heard at one time. Uh, Lon Chaney was sitting in the room with uh, Jay Carroll Nash, and he said, Oh, well, Jay, 
I guess we're both going to be dead soon. <laughs> and Jay Carroll Nash said, shut up, Lon. And, but he was right. I think they both died shortly after. <laughs> it's true. That was the last. Gilbert, you used to talk about return from the past with Lon Chaney. Oh, my God, and that yes. Was doctor, he played a doctor, a scientist. Yeah, brilliant and he, doctor. And he had, all he did was talk about his theories. And, uh, I have a theory. <laughs> I have a theory. You never figured out what his theory was, but that was all and his I have a theory. He, he was supposed to be a Scottish doctor, <laughs> which he's very convincing and that, that, as a Scottish that film doctor. film is great because you watch that and John Carradine is the host oh, and oh he's holding God. the cigarette throughout the whole film as he's hosting yes. you know, in his hand. You he can't even bother to put it down because he knows what shit he's filming. <laughs> right, he won't him, even bother to put the cigarette I think they're paying him $100 down. and they fed him and it's a piece of shit but you know Gilbert and I used to discuss that film the fact that he even My put theory. his pants on boy. that's right he came to you know they pay him and he, he's like Henny Youngman they pay him <laughs> with, the Henny Youngman of horror actors you're gonna pay me I'll come and he was he's a Scottish doctor in like the 1800s yeah, that's right and Rochelle <laughs> and, Hudson was in that too yes he was a once a star and and he, there's one scene, and it takes place in the 1800s. And Lon <laughs> it was like Dark Chaney, Shadows. There were flashbacks. And, and Lon Chaney is wearing a wristwatch uh, yeah. through the whole movie. It's like Jerry Lewis in The Day the Clown Cried. He's got his wristwatch. He's got his pinky ring, and he's got his black shiny shoes on. But aside from that, yes, he's, a, he's in Auschwitz. <laughs> and he's got a pomade in That's right. <laughs> so because we're here at the Society of Illustrators. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I just. <laughs> Remember, I'm never going to get to this. When he finally brings <laughs> one more point, Cheney, one more point. When Cheney brings the guy to life, yes, the yes, dead body. Yes, yes. <laughs> he, he walks off just to have a scene where, like, uh, the, I guess for the dead guy to kill the other two yeah. students, and he walks off for no reason. I think for a phone call. Yeah, or get a in drink. The He's getting a drink. And he goes off. <laughs> and and then when they go back to Cheney, he's like there supposedly just making looks like he's excited about his discovery. Yeah, his and theory, standing- my theory. <laughs> his theory. You never hear what his theory is. It's always my theory. I have, I have a theory. They wouldn't even <laughs> bother to come up with how they brought a dead guy. Oh, my theory will bring dead people to life. <laughs> <was just>, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I think one dead guy does pop up off the table. Yes, He's and a ball he kills. Guy, and he looks like like confused. Like, like he looks like, like what like, am I doing? Like, like Doodles Weaver, movie. I think he looks like. <laughs> yeah, what am I doing? And then he strangles Don Chaney, and that's the end. Doodles Weaver, who killed himself. <laughs> well, that's right. Very sad. Indeed he did. Which, it's very if, sad. If, uh, but then if you Doodles Weaver, you'd have to kill yourself. <laughs> well, There's no other. <laughs> uncle, uh, Sigourney's Uncle Doodles. Yes. <laughs> that's right. Pat Weaver's brother. That's right. Pat Weaver's brother. Is that why he killed him? My brother's a CBS, the president of CBS, NBC, and I'm a comedian. Yes. But I'll take Doodles Weaver any day. Tell us about uh, meeting, meeting Groucho when you were a kid. Oh, well... My my dad actually knew Erin Fleming, who was Garacho's girlfriend in the four, in the sixties. Sorry, and you know they knew each other. So we were out in Los Angeles in nineteen seventy four, vacationing. My dad, and my brothers. So he she she called my dad and said, Groucho loves kids. Could you come visit? And you know, so he mentioned that. Sure, we'd love that. So we went to his house. Groucho answered the door. He came up to us, and first thing he said was. It's, it's a pleasure to meet three and your th- you and your three lovely daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Our hair was a little long. And, you know, so it was an amazing, amazing afternoon with Groucho. He sang his songs with Aaron Fleming. At one point, my brother Josh asked, Groucho, we used to live in Great Neck, Long Island. There was a theater there called the Playhouse. In the back, they had an old organ. It used to be a vaudeville theater. Do you remember it? And Groucho said, I got an old organ myself. <laughs> So everything was a straight line and everything. Was like, you know, he couldn't actually have a conversation with the man. Dennis, Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys walked in. Groucho never, he didn't know who he was. <laughs> he goes to Groucho, he says, Mr. Mr. Marx, it's an honor to meet you. And Groucho looks up at him, he goes, it ought to be. <laughs> and it went on and on like that. But that was like, you know, I was 15 at the time, so that was pretty amazing. We didn't take any photographs, which I, you know, I don't know why. But uh, there we are. <clears throat> and I heard that then you got an invitation to come back. Yes. we were, Actually, my dad, after the next day, Erin Fleming again, the notorious Erin Fleming. But, you know, this was before we knew yeah. about her. She was beating him up and slapping him oh, around. Oh, yeah. She calls him, <laughs> called back my dad. 
should, you back should, my dad you and says, like, Groucho had such a great time. He'd like to invite you back next week. And our special guest in the house is going to be Mae West. They haven't seen each other in 35 years since they were at Paramount together. So my dad says to my brothers and I, Groucho's invited us back. Um, Mae West is going to be his guest. And we say, we kind of look at each other and goes, ah, we had enough Groucho. So to this, oh, day, to this day, I regret that. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. Oh, tell, <laughs> tell the audience who you're, the, the, uh, our, our listener, who, uh, who your dad was. Well, my dad's a writer named Bruce J. Friedman. Still is, I mean. Yeah, he still is. He's, still, he's a writer. He's written um. Well, for, you could movies. kill him now, and then he would have been. Well, he would have. Bruce J. Friedman. He's, he still is, yeah. and he's still active. But yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's written a lot of movies. He's written some movies like Splash and Stir Crazy and plays like Steam Bath. And he wrote um, uh, Heartbreak Kid, the movie Heartbreak Kid. The Neil, it became the Neil Simon film. Steam Bath, where Valerie Perrine is I know is that's, that's all you that's, remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right past Bill Bixby. Right, right past the the, 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 the <laughs> and, actual plot. And Bill Bixby was in. Right. Well, that was the that was the TV version a little later. Yeah. Art Matrano was in there, and Bill he had a small part. And Herb Edelman, quite a cast. Oh yes, yes. And Kenneth Mars, and so yeah, that was on TV with Bill Bixby. And I chose Bill Bixby for the part because that's at and uh, 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 what did, what do you call the, the the public TV WNET? Yeah. They they proposed three actors to my dad. Yeah. Dennis Weaver. Uh, James Franciscus or Bill Bixby. This was like right, 1972. Yeah. So my dad didn't know who any of them were. He didn't yeah. really watch TV. So he came to me. He said, Drew, who should I pick? I said, Bixby's your man. And I based that on Bixby's performance in Courtship of Eddie's Father. Yes. Where he was very good in mm-hmm. that with Brandon DeWile. And he was he was really good in Steambag. He was. He, yeah. yeah, he was good. You know, it was a good production. And Bill Bixby, you know. You, you know. And you could see Valerie Perrine naked. That's right. That's yeah. what everybody seems to remember. Yes. <laughs> but there was more to it than that. I'm going to correct you because I got Playboy magazine wrong. Brandon Cruz ah. instead of Brandon DeWile. You are right. Have I redeemed myself? Who's Brandon DeWile? Oh, I'm thinking of. Okay. From Shane. No, no. Shane. From Shane. Shane. You, you keep a Playboy, <laughs> and it's your your biggest I'm, disaster. I'm gonna, on get him, I'm gonna get him working Playboy yet. Brandon Cruz, who was like I, I think dated Jodie Foster, didn't they? Uh, they were together in Courtship of Eddie's Father, for a bro- and then he became a punk singer, didn't he? I believe Brandon. so. You should get him for the show. <laughs> he's got all those big, I, he's I got all those Mrs. Livingston stories. Uh, didn't he become an animator who worked on South Park? <laughs> Quite possible. Yeah, I believe so. But you know, he was good on that oh, show too. Here, speaking of Groucho. Do you remember? I'm sh- well. You definitely remember this, uh, the story of mankind. Of course, yeah. Was Irwin, Irwin, Allen. Irwin, yes. Allen. Irwin Allen production, and he got Harpo and Chico, and and but Harpo, not together, Chico not together. And Groucho all separately. Yeah, not all separately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. get the Marx uh, Brothers and yeah, <laughs> we, it's the Marx Brothers. It's but terrible. let's have them all work separately because yeah, that's where their strength is. <laughs> They pretty much work separately in Love Happy, too. Basically. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Well, Groucho was busy with Marilyn Monroe in that one, at least. Right. But I think Groucho, he's a guy who discovers Manhattan Island in that one. Oh, yes. And, and, Harp- and one of his ex-wives is like right, an Eden, Indian Eden. girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't wear pants. She's, yeah. And Harpo, Harpo wear, she has a little skirt on. I think. Yeah. I think that's why he took the part. Oh, know, yeah. Because his wife could get work. But yeah. I think Harpo plays, um, he plays Isaac Newton. Oh, you know, yes. And an apple falls on his head. He doesn't and, speak. And Chico right? is like, was there, because as always, he was broke. He needed he the money. Gambling. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Chico needed the money. Yeah. That was always his excuse. Everything Garacho did after 1940. Well, yeah. we, you know, Chico needed the money. And then they asked me to do it because <laughs> Chico was in it. <laughs> like, Chico needed the money. <laughs> 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 this is an excuse. Why did you appear in this piece of shit, Groucho? Well, check out me. All right, well, you know, we'll give you a free ride then. Let's go to another why, why did you kill that woman and her child? <laughs> Chico needed the money. Yes, Chico was a gambler. And he lost money on a horse. So I killed Why did you people. kill Sharon Tate? <laughs> well, Chico needed the money. <laughs> Let's talk about something really unusual. Why did you start? Why, why did you perpetuate the Holocaust? You won't stop him. Well, Chico <laughs> needed the money. Why did you kill JFK, Groucho? Well, Chico needed the money. You killed Martin Luther King. Well, Chico oh. needed the money. Here, Drew, you want to you want to read the questions? What's the question? 
I heard. I heard. You, Groucho, why did you uh, bomb uh, the the World Trade Center? Check on me. Check on me. (laughs) Why did you supply Philip Seymour Hoffman with heroin? Well, Chico needed the money. Uh, you're off the hook. Wow. <laughs> Let me go completely off the reservation right. here and ask Wait, you where about, can you go from that? Ask her about yeah. your artwork. Oh, okay. Uh, when you draw? He does. <laughs> well, look around us. We're here, at, <laughs> we're here at the Society of Illustrators. We're celebrating old Jewish comedians right here. And why are you doing that? When did you know your dad was obviously a comedy writer and you grew up in a funny house? When did you know that you were going to draw as opposed to write? Oh, I, I, I actually, right away? you know, I'll, I'll veer off for a second. It was like I was a weird little yeah, kid. Yeah, because it was really going on a straight line. Exactly. I've been telling I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll veer off a chicken. Okay, I'll see if we can get back. <laughs> but I was like, a, I was a strange little kid. You know, maybe not to you guys. Cause, you know, we share similar. But, you know, I, when I was a little kid, I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to go to camp. I didn't want to go out and play. I just wanted to sit in my room with my guinea pig and, and read Mad Magazine and comic books and Famous Monsters. Me, and exactly. And watch Soupy Sales. <laughs> Still that way. Watch yeah. Soupy Sales and watch <laughs> yes! the three, three Stooges. Yeah, and the Bowery Boys and Sup- Adventures of Superman. That's all I wanted. I didn't. I resented. I had to go to school. I had to go to school. Oh yes. Boy, but I'm still angry about that. <laughs> you know. But I was just obsessed with Mad Magazine, mainly Mad. I got my education from Dave Berg, basically. He taught me everything I needed to know about life from from the lighter side. Um, but anyway, like you guys, I was like, you know, just obsessed with comic books and Mad. And that was like, you know, I didn't want to leave my room. And I, you know, it's like still hard to get me out of my room, my office. So I was uh, drawing at an early age, and, and I, I guess I showed some kind of weird talent for it, and I stuck with it. And here we are today. I, I remember when I was a kid that in elementary school, the teacher was playing a game like, I'm going to say two initials, and you have to guess a famous person with that name. And, you know, so they go A-L. So, oh, Abraham Lincoln and stuff like that. And, and then they, she goes O-S. And I, very excitedly, I was like four at the time, I jump up and go, Onslow Stevens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been my natural reaction. Yes. And G.S., Glenn Strange. Onslow Stevens, like, descends, wouldn't know that name. <laughs> you remember him, Frank. You even he lost was, me on he that. Was, he was the mad doctor in House of Dracula. That's right. Oh, I know who he is. Who was going okay. to cure the monsters <laughs> right. of their ailments. They couldn't get Boris Collar for that one. <laughs> Well, he was he was under the quicksand from the first they, one. They couldn't get Bela Lugosi, so they got John Carradine to play Dracula in that one. But he was actually good. He was good. He like, was good, and I love Carradine. He gave him a little mustache. Yes, a little, and, like, and a top hat. That's right. And he the was dashing Dracula. He was good, and I always loved Carradine. But you had to have Lugosi as Dracula. You would think. You yeah, know, Abbott and Costello figured that out. Finally. Yes. You know, after 20 years, you know, we should get him back as Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> he was pretty good in that. Yeah. <laughs> back in 1930. Let's, Let's get him. That's what started the entire horror craze is Lugosi as Dracula. Yeah. Well, I, well, maybe he was good. Let's not use him again as yeah. Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's wait 20 years before we use him again. And, and in <laughs> Dracula's Daughter, they had a paper mache right. Bela Lugosi lying in a coffin. Right. It was, it was <laughs> no so, indication. what an and insult. An, and an MGM brought him over for Mark of the Vampire, but he wasn't Dracula. He was like, it was, was that Alucard? Oh, oh, no, no. Alucard. Wasn't that the son was, of Dracula? Yes. That's son right. of you yeah. with Lanchini Jr. Uh, as the, an overweight, the son the, of Dracula. Yes, uh, very. Well, blood has a lot of calories. Right. He was an overweight. <laughs> <laughs> he was a. He was. He was a. He had a big paunch when he was the mummy, and he was yeah. at a paunch when he played dragon. He was yeah. like the fattest even, mummy. <laughs> even with all the bandages yeah, on, he was a you fat, can see a pot belly. He was a well-fed <laughs> mummy. You know, <laughs> Boris Karloff at least was emaciated. But, you know. Tom, but, t- Tom Tyler was kind of thin. Oh too, but, yes, but Cheney was a fat mummy. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And what, is, what does Universal do? They use him five times in mummy films, yeah. even though he had a big belly. And a fat Dracula. Right. He's a, <laughs> and and he, they, yeah, they also gave him a mustache. That's right. Is the mummy. That's right. And he still had that <laughs> Oklahoma accent. That's right. He couldn't lose it. <laughs> yeah. Said, to me, he sounds like Penn Jillette. If you listen to both of them, it's like very similar. <laughs> 
Lynch is not, you know, I love Penn, and, but, you know, I, I, when I hear Penn talk, I hear Lon Chaney, I, Jr. Yeah, I come from the hills of Transylvania. <laughs> okay. That's right, and, that's but right. But there, he was Alucard. That's right. That's right. And, but, yeah, in, in Return of the Vampire, they, it was always a name like, Orkov or something like that. <laughs> Only the fun. I love. We love Lon Chaney Jr. But you know, even in the Wolfman, he's Claude Rain's son. That just doesn't oh, work. Oh yes, yes. Well, this distinguished British actor who's <laughs> a foot tall, a foot shorter than Lon Chaney. You know, we, you know, Gilbert and I, we analyze these things. So yeah, you know, see that. Still yeah, love it. Yeah, it just yeah. wasn't working. Claude Rain's comes up to his knees. <laughs> father, father, I have something to admit. I have a theory. As, but my said, favorite. Claude Lord Rain's line is in because uh, uh, Cheney is talking about does he believe in lycanthropy? And he goes, well, there's uh, certain forms of, uh, of schizophrenia, and uh, but a man actually taking the shape of a wolf, I know it's fantastic. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Father. And and Bela Gosius Bela. Yeah, and Maria Ospinskaya, oh, of course, Maria who we all love. And, and you right. know, Maria Ospinskaya is one of like the the. She's known as like one of the most famous acting yeah. teachers. Way before yeah, Lee Strasberg. She invented the, uh, you know, the whole uh, acting. Stanislavski Yeah, she method? practically oh, yes. invented it. And then she's appearing in Universal <laughs> Heart. Right. <laughs> and she must have felt like she was doing porn to be doing. <laughs> it was a come down, I think. You know, it was, it didn't quite work. Her Hollywood career didn't quite work. But she's well, she's well remembered, you know. I think she's mentioned on Dick Van Dyke's show. They bring up her name, don't they? One time. Maria Uspenskaya. Yeah, they do bring it up. They, and, She's and, mentioned in an Odd Couple episode by yeah, Jack Carter. That's right. Yeah, that's which is pretty right. I, I heard that. Well, like, a Chico Marx's daughter Maxine was wanted to be an actress at one point, and she she took lessons from Maria Spinskaya. Ah, that's right. And one time, and I wish there had been at least a snapshot of this. Uh, Chico invited her out to dinner. <laughs> And it was Chico Marx wow. and Maria Spinskaya. Well, he would fuck been. anything. You know that. Yeah. It's like even, you know, oh, Sophie Chico. Tucker. <laughs> that's right. I, I, that's something I could draw. Right? Yeah, yeah. Them and Beth together. But, uh, hey, Maria. Oh, boy, that's a hot. <laughs> if Chico's daughter started doing the Italian accent, her, yeah. career, her career might have taken off a little. You know, that's She what, looked like Chico. Yeah, that she did. If she used to, hey, 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 boss. What? <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter? If she had adapted her father's mannerisms, she might have gone far, but she she resisted that. I don't know why. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt a segue here. Speaking of Jack Carter, you were in Playboy, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was in the centerfold. Yes, <laughs> little Annie. Fanny. Remember 1963. I was in Playboy in this last month's issue, You're right. January, February. Maybe that's what issue. I was thinking. That was a beautiful. That was a great illustration by Phil, my friend Philip Burke. He drew you, hey, and you had a beautiful comment about Shemp, which uh, I oh, yes. I shared on Facebook. The women screaming shemp when they're uh, reaching orgasm. Yes, basically. yes. It was beautiful. I loved it. Yeah, it was in the the one with um, 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 Kate Moss on the cover. January, February issue. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you My subscription your... ran out. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Why would you let your subscription run out when you used to draw so much for That's Playboy right. as only Frank remembers? Frank, Jack, <laughs> Jack, Car Jack Carter. Well, I was headed somewhere, but I don't remember. Jack Carter. Jack Carter. Well, I was going to ask you. To oblivion, you, I was gonna... if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> I was going to ask you about some of the people you've drawn who haven't exactly appreciated. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll talk about one guy who, who I wasn't sure about at first. When I did the first book, Old Jewish Comedians, the publisher sent them out to some of the still-living comedians. Mm. You know? and Plus, so, it would be a waste to post it. No, I was all for sending them out to the to dead, dead ones, like drop them off at their, at their grave sites. I was, so they sent them to, you know, so we sent it to Mickey Freeman and Fre Freddie Roman. And, and they called me, actually, left messages on the phone. They loved it. They loved the book. So we sent one to Jerry Lewis, too, in Las Vegas. Uh, so Jerry calls, leaves a message. Hello, Drew Friedman. This is Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Please call me back. <laughs> and he leaves his phone number twice. I say, oh, shit. Jerry doesn't sound happy. Yeah. What did I do? Is it because I didn't put him on the cover? I put Milton Berle on yes. it? Because I gave him that stupid expression? Yeah. So I got up my nerve. I say to Kathy, I say, all right, I'm going to call him back. And I call him back. I say, hi, Jerry. So you got the book? And he goes, yes, Drew, I got the book. I said, well, what would you think? Jesus Christ, I loved it! 
Holy moly, what a book. So I was, I was safe. But Jack Carter was not happy. <laughs> Notice I went negative first before you, the jury uh, left. A reporter from the LA Times called me and said, what do you think about being a book called Old Jewish Comedians? He goes, he hadn't seen it. He goes, old? He was like, <laughs> 90, 90, I think at the time he was 97. He was 97. And Jewish? I don't work Jewish. I was like, yeah, well, you happen to be Jewish. You don't work Jewish. I don't work Jewish. Yeah, because you never would have known like, how Jack about the Carter word, How about Jewish? comedian? You okay with the word comedian? And he goes, he made, and then he finally saw the drawing, and it got worse. He goes, he drew me with those stupid liver spots. And he, he gave me, he combed my hair over like I'm going bald. He said, I want him to draw me again. <laughs> I, I, I didn't talk to him. But I said, no, no, tell him, like, one, one, one drawing per Jew, one drawing per customer. That was it. He wasn't happy. Sid Caesar, God rest his soul. Yeah. He wasn't happy either. Oh, Because wow. I, ex I outed his real name. Kathy and I did research back in the, you know, when the interwebs were still early. Kathy, your lovely wife. That's right. And so his, 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 his name, uh, in all the websites said Isaac Sidney Caesar. So that's what we used in the book, because the only text in the books are their, their real Jewish names, because every one of them changed their names, except for one or two. Karl Reiner is really Karl Reiner. Manasha Skolnick is really Manasha Skolnick. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't change And Myron Cohen. No, no. And Myron Cohen is right. Myron Cohen. But all the others one changed because they couldn't get work because they were Jews, and, you know, so like, like you know the story. <laughs> so we, so we kind of so. outed, we outed Sissies, and I outed Don, Don Knotts, too. His real name is Archibald, or so all the sites said at the time. And he was offended, so his agent called and said, oh, Don is not happy about this. He called from Las Vegas. I said, shit, you know, I'm sorry. I love Don Rickles. I, I, the last thing I wanted to do was offend him. I said, so we'll make a correction in the second book. So we, the correction is basically Don Rickles says his name was not Archibald. Says, <laughs> his na says claims his name was not, uh, because we're not so sure. You know, it's like it's possible they just don't want, they want their legacy to say Sid Caesar, Don Rickles like that. So, you know, some of them were pissed off. But most of them love the books, and some of them will be here when we have the opening reception for this in two nights. You know, some and of the, you accidentally mentioned Don Knotts. Whose real name was Jesse. That's right. And when he was dying, uh, Andy Griffith visited his hospital bed and said, uh, Speak to me, Jesse. <laughs> Speak to because he thought by calling him Jesse would, would annoy him enough. Ah. <laughs> he didn't want to be called Jesse. And uh. he kept saying, Come on, speak, Jesse. Did that work? Did, uh, no. that, that killed him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that finished. He should have well, brought Jim Neighbors and Rock Hudson. <laughs> that would have that gotten a jolt out of him. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I heard. That what I, have you heard? Yeah. Because I was just about to bring up Milton Berle's cock. So let's segue into that. You could. We're saving that. You don't we're have the strength. We're, we're saving that one. <laughs> and then we'll get to Danny Thomas. When they were doing right? Gomer Piles <laughs> in, in the, the Marines. That's right. What was that? Gomer Piles? He was in what? Vietnam, I think. Yes. And, you know. Yes. <laughs> But that was the show that was a spinoff. That's right. And he was a Marine. And they had a, I heard they had an actual Marine who was like, uh, like a technical advisor mm -hmm. and a real tough as nails guy. And he would get really uncomfortable because Rock Hudson would visit Jim Neighbors <laughs> on the set. And they both would drink a little and they'd get a little, get a little uh, frisky. tired. Yeah. And they, yeah, they'd be prancing around <laughs> and giggling and hugging each other. <laughs> Did you attend the wedding? Uh, I've never met anybody. Who was there? Were you at the wedding? Because I wasn't invited. I, I wish to God. <laughs> I wasn't invited. But Wally Cox was the best man. I, I know and, that. And I, uh, they, the joke around that time was, uh, after Rock Hudson died, was... Rock Hudson had no friends, but he had neighbors up the ass. <laughs> That's a beauty. I think Mark Twain. Yes. I believe it was. <laughs> I think it was Robert, Robert Frost. Royan. It was Robert Frost. It's one of his final poems. Beautiful. That still brings a tear to my eye. Do you want to segue into Milton Berle? Uh, no. Uh, we have him right here on the cover him. of your book. So right. I, was, well, I, I, wanted I wanted to capture that angry Milton Berle. When, remember he used to go on Joe Franklin's show? Shut up, Joe. I'm talking. Oh, yes. At him, yes. And his cigar smoke was dri dribbling down his chin. And he would like, shut, you know, and Joe would like, that's, uh, I'm sorry, Milton, sorry, Milton. <laughs> you know, he just let him go, and he was never funny. But I love Milton because, you know, when he used to go on Howard Stern's show, 
Howard would only want to talk about his cock. You yeah. Know, like, just, that's it. Nothing else. And Milton, what's the matter with you, Howard? You know, he's like, you know, what would your mother say? Well, you know, other things we should talk about. So maybe, then occasionally Howard would bring us something up, you know, like something, you know, the old days. Or, and Milton said, like, he would get the conversation back to his cock instantly. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's all he would, you know. Because <laughs> I heard that uh, Milton Berle, once in Vegas, had a competition with Tom Jones, Ah. Over who had the biggest cock, and this and is a, after, after after the Forrest Tucker competition. Oh yes, yeah. Forrest where Tucker. he only took out enough to win. For, yes, yeah, right. And and I heard like <laughs> Milton Berle opened up his pants a little bit. Yeah. And Tom Jones just went, okay, okay, it's over. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I've I've met a few people who've seen it. And they yeah. said it's very. Dis- it was very like uh, we we know Kathy and I. You know, a young lady. <laughs> A young lady who actually, uh, who actually made, uh, uh, directed Milton Burrow's last film and Adam Sandler's first film. Oh, my God. Going gosh. Overboard. You remember that one? Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. It's like, a, a, you know, it's an interesting film, but Milton was in there. I and- think this stands out as being a bad Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> yeah, it's such a thing it's as the first possible. in a series of bad Adam, right, off the get- right from the get-go. But she said, like, let me see it. Yes. You know, she was the right. She said, all right, let me see it. She he 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 obliged her instantly. Oh yeah, set up a table like <laughs> sitting it. Set up a table. He pulled. It took. He said it was a process of getting it out. She said it was like multicolored. It was like you know, like you see a big piece of tongue in the in the delicatessen. It hasn't been sliced up yet. Like he just like plopped it down on the table with a big thud. And there it is. She said it was the most disturbed. She still has nightmares about it. And didn't he also? Show walk around parties. Yeah, naked. Yeah, and he'd put his he'd put a stick on like a, a <laughs> serving platter and walk around. With Who has it right? <laughs> of course. Well, you expect that when he threw a party, you expected. <laughs> but he would walk around his dressing room naked in front of his writers. You know, this guy's trying to come up with material, and there he was. With Irving Brecker had talked about that in the early '30s. Milton would open the door. The first time you met him, and there he was naked, the gigantic schlong. And he said, yes, it's completely true. Everything you've ever heard, all true, all true. Not made up. <laughs> oh, we should get back to Aaron Fleming. Oh, okay. Now, that was Groucho's girlfriend. It was his concubine. Yeah. His caretaker. And, and, caretaker. and then, yeah, news started coming out about him. Yeah, little by little, like, he, she, you know, maybe was a little rough on him, slap him around, throw him down the stairs, <laughs> beat him over the head with baseball bats, like, little she things like that. She threatened to kill other members of his, his yeah, relatives. Yeah, she got out of control. She wound up homeless, actually. Yeah, like homeless, Santa, Santa Monica. she shot herself. I, th- I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was homeless, and then she blew her she brains out. She lost it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She lost it. You could see it happening. She was flemo, of course. As uh, Michael O'Donoghue uh, wrote about her. I mean, uh, I think they did a report. And Flemo, you know, she was the sixth Mar- Marx Brothers. <laughs> she was kind of a sad figure. We knew her when she was still, like, at her height. You know, she was inviting Ellie Gould over to the house all the time. Oh, and Bill Cosby. And Sally Kellerman was always there. And, uh, you know, she'd fill his house with celebrity, young, hip celebrities. Yeah. And, you know, so that's when we were invited. We didn't, you know, we didn't say anything, uh, anything weird or askew about her, you know. But uh, little, little, little by little, you know. It started. It's gonna someday. There's gonna be a TV movie. Oh, who's gonna play old Groucho? <laughs> you, you, you would be perfect, I think. Because Groucho, why did your girlfriend Erin Fleming well, kill herself? Well, Chico needs the money. <laughs> Groucho, why did Erin throw you down the stairs? Because Chico needs the money. Someday, I predict there'll be a. It'll probably be a shitty film, but I'm, I'm predicting ahead of time. It'll well, be a TV well, movie of the week. Another one <laughs> of our favorites is... Yeah, Kevin Spacey could play Old Grouch. Oh, yes. Bud, Bud and Lou. Well, of course. With Buddy Hackett and Harvey Korman. Yeah. As, who, right. who, you listen to them do their bits. It's, ter- it's terrible. Yeah. And he, like, it's, it's slowed down when Buddy Hackett does Lou. Okay, I bet he's like you know he's like slows down the entire routines and every all the all the timing is gone. Yeah, because it's like in who's on first? He would go, what's the guy's name on first base? And and there he's going, uh, Buddy Hacks going, what is the guy's yeah. name? <laughs> <It's true>. On 
Hi. It's like they've never seen the routine. Yes, yes. Harvey Corman looked nothing like Bud Abbott. He sounded nothing. He was like, he tried to do a gravel voice at least, because, you know, he wanted an Emmy maybe. He was like, (laughs) I remember Shecky Green, like, going, like, wasn't Buddy Hackett great as Lucas Stoller? I remember on Tonight Show specifically saying, wasn't he great on it? Shouldn't he get an Emmy for that performance? (laughs) Johnny Carson looking at him like, huh? No, he sucked. Actually, And my fascinating, my, my old time favorite death scene is a Buddy Hackett <laughs> lying right. in a hospital I bed, <laughs> and and Artie Johnson, very interesting yeah. from laughing, oh, playing, it, playing Eddie, Eddie Sherman. Yes, he's, That's he right. shows he's good. Up, he's good in it, and he delivers. He brings him under his coat a strawberry malted, yeah. and he goes, you know, he takes a sip, <laughs> and he goes, you know, I. I had a lot of strawberry voltage <laughs> in my day, but this one's the best. And he falls down That's dead. That's right. It was great. <laughs> they, when they tell him his son died, like, I'm sorry, uh, Lou. <laughs> Lou Jr. just died. He goes, my, my son, Lou Jr., just died. Like, you know, like, get on with it. Get on with it. Yeah, he just died. He's dead. He drowned. My son, Lou Jr. He's like, yeah, it takes, takes about half an hour, though. I have to set up a foundation for Lou Jr. Louis Jr. He he died. I'm a bad boy. <laughs> Groucho, why did Lou, Lucas Dollar Jr. She, have to die? Because Chico needed the money. You mentioned Howard Stern a minute ago. Tell us how Howard Stern became one of your biggest fans. Well, actually, Billy West, who was one of your recent guests, actually brought, brought Howard... Uh, uh, one of our books, Warts and All. And then the next day, Howard, this is around 20 years ago or so, Howard was talking about it on the air, actually reading, reading some of the dialogue from And And since then, we kind of had a, you know, uh, we, we kind of hit it off. I illustrated both of Howard's books, Miss America and uh, Private Parts. And, you know, so he's been very supportive of me over the years. And, um, you know, he, he, he's mentioned that I'm his favorite artist. I don't agree, but that's what he, that's what he claims. I mean, I don't agree that I'm, I'm my favorite artist. I, I, yeah. But anyway... So you know, so we go, you know, we go back, you know, we go back, way back. He's been very supportive, terrific guy, and I like Jerry Lewis too. You know, I have nothing bad to say about him. <laughs> Which is, see, Jerry Lewis is one of those people infamous. I, I've just met him a handful of times, and he was always nice to me. Mm-hmm. And that's the classic line when you He's anyone nice you me. talk to, he was yeah, yeah. I met Kathleen Freeman. <laughs> And and I said, so uh, what was Jerry Lewis like to work with? Because she worked with him in a lot of movies. And she said, well, he was always nice to me. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> he's always nice to me. I remember Gilbert doing the uh, aristocrats joke in front of Jerry. I think that's what gave him, gave him the heart attack. <laughs> he had a heart attack that afternoon at the Hilton Hotel. And when he grabbed his chest and went, hi! <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. <laughs> How did the Jewish com- the old Jewish comedian's book come about? The first one, well, and the, the series, uh, the book series. Uh, briefly, the uh, editor of the books, Monty Beauchamp, my friend, was doing these series of books and said, "Drew, do you want to do one? These square hardcovers. You can do anything you want." And I said, "Well, the money isn't great, but what do I like drawing the most? I like drawing old Jews, <laughs> and I like drawing comedians. So I, put, I combined that old Jewish comedians. So that's what I came up with." So three, three, we've done three books now, and now we're here at the Society of Illustrators, uh, where they're having the old Jewish comedian show with uh, all the artwork is hanging, and it's the show's going to be on for two months uh, through May. So uh, hopefully everybody, everybody can come visit. Hopefully we'll have the podcast up soon enough for That'd people be to hear this. Hopefully we'll visit. have a podcast. <laughs> a show. Even if you hate Jews. Don't assume anything. Even if you hate Jews, you're going to love this show. Even if you're Mel Gibson, you're going to love this show. I, I guarantee it. And, uh, you know, it's like everybody, not everybody loves the Jews, but everybody loves old Jewish comedians. Let's talk about... uh, Danny Thomas. (laughs) Okay. You know what? When they they finally write the coffee, the glass glass coffee table book about Danny Thomas, you know the title. (laughs) Make Room for Duty? Exactly. (laughs) Should that end end it? Don't encourage him. We both knew Sid Melton. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, you mean personally? Or? No, I, I met him personally mm-hmm. about three times. Ah. 
Yeah, that's you lived it. in Van Nuys. That, yes. Yeah. In a pathetic apartment. Near where Joey Ross died. Oh wow. Yeah. Joey Ross died in Van in Van Nuys. And I heard Joey he Ross uh, before he died grabbed his chest and went ooh ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's likely. That's right. <laughs> Joey Ross used to, you know, he lo- he married he married hookers. Yes. And then he would get offended that all his f- friends were fucking them. <laughs> I can't believe this. What a, you know? So he keep divorcing and marry another one. And I heard that Nat Hiken hated Joey. Well, Joey Ross. smelled. That was like to begin with, like Rosie Greer. Yeah. And imaging Coco, who was a distinguished actress, you know, from your show, show, and she had to work with him, and he was wearing a loincloth at that point. <laughs> And it's about time. She she couldn't stand them. Nobody yeah. liked them. And I heard Fred Gwynn put up with them. He yeah, liked them. I heard he thought he was like he he immediately thought he was a big That's right. Shakespearean actor and a major star. And oh, I heard one time they had some people who were invited to the set, some women who were from some whatever religious group. And they passed by Joey Ross's dressing room. The door was open, and he was there jerking off. <laughs> what else would I you don't, expect? I don't know if he wore his that's top only, hat. I, I, that's something else only I could draw. I'm going to get right to work on that one. What was he jerking off to? I have to. What in particular? The thing with two heads. <laughs> He was jerking off the pictures of Al Lewis. Schnauzer. Schnauzer. I never heard that one, but that's, but a, I, that's a nice memory. I met Joey Ross wow. at Cantor's uh, when it used to be a hangout. Yeah. And, and, um, when it was he, good. Oh, it, yes. Before yes, it was lousy. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and I remember I had just done a pilot, and, with, and I was there with the other guy who worked on the pilot, and we met Joey Ross, and we told him, and Joey Ross said, well, I, I just hope you guys have the luck that I did. I did three pilots, and they all became series. <laughs> That's great. That was a great. Yeah. It ama- he was amazing. Yeah. I think they want to close. <laughs> the society? Yeah. <laughs> No, they put a for sale sign. <laughs> I think it's closing. Everybody's hungry. They left. <laughs> it's only midnight. Uh, what have we left out? They're showing new tenants, the building. What have we left Before out? Before we run, one can, more. Can I ask you, you were, you were kind enough to give me a copy of Skidoo for my birthday. Oh, my God. Could you, could you briefly share your, your passion for the movie uh, Skidoo? Well, you know, it's like Skidoo is one of those films where they give it, you know, they give it to uh, a guy who's never made a comedy <laughs> in his life with no sense of humor. Otto Preminger, who also shared Danny Thomas's passion for glass coffee tables, by the way. <laughs> I didn't know yeah, that. We'll talk about that okay, over dinner. All right. But he, they give, so, they, we'll you know, so what does Hollywood do in 1960? They give him a movie to do, a comedy movie, all-star comedy movie, too. It's possibly the worst film, worst comedy ever made, possibly the worst film ever made, with the greatest cast, Jackie Gleason, Char- Carol Channing, who does a strip tease in it. Oh. It's disturbing. It's hard to watch. Frankie Avalon. And Groucho. Yes. Groucho Marx is like, you know... Why did you? Why did you appear in that film, Groucho? He plays God. Chico needed the money, <laughs> even though Chico had been in it for ten years. He still needed the money for his maintenance of his, his gravesite. But it's fascinating to watch because Jackie Gleason is angry throughout the whole film. Like, how did I get in this? Doesn't he drop acid in the picture? He dro- with, with well, Austin Pendleton. Groucho's name is LSD. He's God in that one. Oh, he's God. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Dick Sean is LSD in the picture. Oh, oh, okay, okay. He's God in that. Yes. It's terrible. Not a, not a laugh to be had, but it's fascinating just the same. And it's Hollywood showing they didn't understand the whole hippie youth movement. Right, like but pr- proving it. it. Yeah. we got to be yeah. part of this. We yeah. gotta make it. But it's like giving Stanley Kramer, a guy, another guy who never made a comedy, who actually made a funny one, so that was the thinking. Like, any, anybody can direct a comedy. So they gave it one to Otto Preminger, you know, who was like... Yes. You know, <laughs> hardly ever made a good movie, let alone a comedy movie. Yeah, Laura was his, his yeah. one, you know, yeah. classic. Well, then Anatomy of a Murder. Yeah, but he was all of a sudden the comedy director. It's fascinating to watch. It's now, good to do. I heard that John Philip Law... He's, was, a, hip, he's a hippie. He, he yeah. was offered... The part of Joe Buck in Midnight Cowboy. Uh, I heard that too. That's right. And he turned it down 
Because she figured, hey, what? I'm going to play a homosexual hustler <laughs> out in the street when I could be doing a classic comedy with Groucho Marx yeah. and, and Jackie Gleason. I think, you know why he didn't take that film? Because he didn't want to get a blowjob from Bob Balaban. <laughs> when he read that, when his agent said, well, look, you know, we got Bob Balaban, you know, on 42nd Street, he's going to get, you know, going to blow you. He said, hey, you know, uh, but do I, I need this? But then they asked John Philip Law, why'd you take Skidoo? <laughs> he said, because Chico. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. My pleasure. My pleasure. Hey. Right. Is this going <laughs> to... Is this show going to be canceled? Yes. Thank you. It, it's, it's never happened. It's a pleasure. So it's a pleasure. It won't be a shock when it's canceled. Next time we'll go further. The, we're here at the Society of Illustrators on 63rd between Park and Lex. Uh, here with uh, famous illustrator and cartoonist Drew Friedman. I'm Gilbert Gottfried, here with my co-host, Frank Santropadre, and this has been The Amazing Colossal Podcast.